0: Glad to see you, and at this point in my life, I'm glad to see anybody. (laughs) It's just wonderful being with you. You know, years ago, I heard a a, a brief story about a, a waitress in a small town in a remote area. Uh, she hadn't traveled around very much hadn't seen very much and a man came in had a thermos he wanted to get it filled with coffee and she said well what is that he said a thermos She said well what does it do and he said well it keeps hot things hot and cold things cold she said really he said yes she said well do you buy it at the store And he said yeah you can get it at the Walmart store and so she said I'm going to get one and that week she went out and got one. She brought it back with her to the re- restaurant. And another lady in the restaurant had never seen a thermos. She said, what is that? She said, well, it's a thermos. Well, what does it do? She said, well, it keeps hot things hot and cold things cold. She said, really? Yes. Well, what do you have in it? She said, a popsicle and two cups of coffee. <laughs> to go to church. I like to be with people that are happy. I like to be with people that are celebrating life. And we've come here today to celebrate life. And I, you know, whatever burden that you're sharing, whatever burden that you're carrying, whatever difficulty, whatever problem, I'm just going to ask you to cash all your care upon the Lord because he cares for you and to listen to the message today and let God just minister to your heart. I want to speak to you today on the subject following Jesus. Always following Jesus always. Now, Roger had mentioned something about Crazy Hair Day that you had, a crazy hair day. You know, I, I learned a long time ago that as you get older, your hair grows deeper into your head. And if it finds gray matter, it turns gray. <laughs> And if it doesn't, it turns loose. (laughs) It's both things are happening to me. (laughs) And I'm grateful for that. Well, In John's gospel, chapter 21, and beginning at verse 18, I'm reading from the New King James translation. You follow along on whatever translation that you have. And I'm going to read these verses and then we're going to pray and look at the message that God has given me for this hour. Beginning at verse 18, Most assuredly, I say to you, when you were younger, you girded yourself and walked where you wished, but when you are old, you will stretch out your hands, and another will gird you and carry you where you do not wish. This he spoke, signifying by what death he would glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he said to him, Follow me. Then Peter, turning around, saw the disciple whom Jesus loved following, who also had leaned on his breast at the supper and said, Lord, who is the one who betrays you? Peter, seeing him, said to Jesus, But Lord, what about this man? Jesus said to him, If I will that he remain till I come, what is that to you? You follow me. Then this thing went out among the brethren that this disciple would not die. Yet Jesus did not say to him that he would not die. But if I will that he remain till I come, what is that to you? This is the disciple who testifies of these things and wrote these things. And we know that his testimony is true. There are also many other things that Jesus did, which if they were written one by one, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. Amen. And God will bless His Word to our lives this morning. Would you bow with me for a moment of prayer? Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, we want to thank You again for Your kindness and love to us. Thank You, Lord, for the way that You take care of us, lifting our burdens, solving our problems, giving us peace in troubled times. Times, and father giving us power to meet the difficulties of life we thank you lord for such a savior as jesus who loves us who keeps on loving us who ministers to us who cares for his sheep and who provides for us all along the way and lord we pray today now that you'll speak to our hearts use this passage of scripture in the challenge that was given to peter to be our challenge today to follow you Anywhere, everywhere, all the time, without ceasing. This is my prayer this morning. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now, please keep your Bible open to this passage. It's a wonderful passage of, of scripture, and God will minister our, to our hearts uh, as we look at it. And you have a, a listening guide. Uh, you can keep that available and, and follow along with it as we read the scripture and as, as we speak today. Um, if I can, if I can find my little notes here, uh, I'll stay on time, doing the best we can. I'll try to get you out before all the Methodists gets out today. You know, I think I've told you before, uh, some of you are wondering, well, what kind of preacher is this? How long does he preach? In the words of Elizabeth Taylor to her eighth husband, I won't keep you long. Uh, (laughs) I'll I'll do my best to get you out on time. But if, uh, if we don't get out on time, well, at least we will have spent time worshiping the Lord and giving Him glory. Today, I want to speak to you about a very important subject and it's the subject of following Jesus always and you see Jesus is looking for people who will follow him unto death that's what this passage of scripture is about whenever Jesus told Peter follow me don't you be worrying about other people don't you be looking at other people you just keep your eyes on me and you follow me you do what I say I read about a young man who went to the office of Dr. John D Rockefeller, and he was seeking a job. And Mr. Rockefeller asked him, He said, Young man, are you a leader? And the applicant, whose virtues to simplicity and honesty uh, uh, ran to those two things, he answered after a moment of hesitation, He said, I can't really say, but I can tell you this I'm a good follower. And John D. Rockefeller looked at him and grinned and said, You know, I've got a raft of leaders out there already. I sure can use a good follower. You're hired. (laughs) Well, I want you to know that the Lord Jesus Christ has a raft of leaders. He has a raft uh, of, of fans. But Jesus is not looking for fans. Jesus is looking for followers. You know what a fan does? <clears throat> a fan a fan first of all is an an enthusiastic admirer. And there are a lot of enthusiastic admirers of Jesus. A fan sits in the stadium or in in the in the pew. He stays on the sidelines. He may wear a hat. He may wear a t-shirt or a coat that identifies him with the team. He may know the names of the team members, but he really doesn't know them. He may know a lot about the game, but he never plays in the game. He may sit in the stands and shout and applaud uh, and, and, and really cheer for his team, but he never gets on the field, he never gets bruised, he never gets bloodied, he never breaks a bone. He just is a fan. Well, I want you to know this morning that Jesus is not looking for fans. He wants followers can you say amen to that amen. you know a follower will follow all the way to the end and jesus tells us in the book of revelation uh, that we're to stay with him all the way to the end we love him to the nth degree all the way Whenever I read the Bible, what I find Jesus looking for is followers. Very early in the Gospels of the New Testament, we find Jesus looking for followers. As he walked by the Sea of Galilee, where Peter and Andrew were washing their nets, he said, follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men, Matthew chapter 4, verse 19. He walked by the seat of customs where Matthew was collecting taxes. And he said to him, follow me. Matthew chapter 9 and verse 9. A rich young ruler came to Jesus asking what he must do to inherit eternal life. And Jesus responded, go and live by the commandments. The young man answered, all these things I've kept for my youth up, what lack I yet? Jesus said, if thou will be perfect, go and sell what you have and give to the poor and follow me. Matthew chapter 19 verses 20 and 21. A group came to Jesus wanting to follow him without first counting the cost. And he cautioned, if any man will come after me... Let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Matthew chapter 16 and verse 24. In John chapter 10 and verse 27, Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice, I know them, and they follow me. Once again in John chapter 12 and verse 26, Jesus said, If any man serve me, let him follow me. In all of these encounters... Our Lord bid these people, as He bids us, to do one thing. That is, give up our old way of life, surrender to Him as Lord and Master, and begin to follow Him. Whenever we follow Him, we accompany Him. We go wherever He goes. We stay with Him. We do whatever He does. We're obedient to Him in every way. The word follow is made up of two words in the Greek language. And uh, the two words express a union and a likeness and a, a going in the same way. So we have a union with our Lord, a likeness to our Lord, and we go in the same way. We are becoming everything that He wants us to be. And this word follow, follow me, is used at 17 times in the Gospels. Jesus is saying saying to people follow me the call to follow me is the call to be a Christian it's the call to be a disciple of Jesus and by the way a disciple is a learner and a follower not just a learner but a learner and a follower and Jesus says follow me and it's also a call to service. You are, we are to serve Him as we follow Him. We get our best understanding of this call from the passage that I've just read when Simon Peter with his last encounter with Christ that's recorded here in John's Gospel it occurred as they walked by the Sea of Galilee after the Lord's death and resurrection. You remember (coughs) Peter had said though all forsake you I won't. You can count on me Lord. Peter had indicated uh, I'll never deny you. I'll stay by you and he Uh, he was put to the test wasn't he and he denied the Lord three times you know as we were driving here this morning I talked to my wife and I said you know whenever we read the Bible we have to read the Bible carefully there's one place in the New Testament where Jesus said if you deny me I'll deny you before my father in heaven But here we read about Peter, who had already confessed the Lord. Now he's denied the Lord three times, but the Lord forgave him, reinstated him, gave him his place of apostleship and closeness and fellowship once again. And so we need to read the Bible clearly. Whenever he says, if you deny me before men, that means if you reject him, if you say no to him, if you don't receive him as your Savior and your Lord, he'll deny you before the Father. But if you have received him, and if you deny him some in your life, you're not going to stay in that denial. You will come back. After Peter denied the Lord, he went out and wept bitterly. And he came back. You know, he had returned to the fishing business after he left. He was actually giving up his apostleship. He was giving up his calling. He thought it was all over. But it wasn't. Sometimes... In our confusion, in our disappointment, we say things and do things that afterwards we realize we shouldn't have done and we're sorry for them. Now, I want you to know something. God is a merciful God. He's a God who deals with us in grace. He's a God who forgives sins. He reasons with us. Isaiah one eighteen says, Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. God is always calling us to be reasonable, to listen to Him, to come to Him, to receive forgiveness, to receive cleansing, to receive reinstatement, to have fellowship with Him. And why? I asked my wife that this morning. I said, "Beb, why does God do that?" You know, without hesitation, she looked at me and said, "Because He loves us." I said, "You know, that's exactly right. God loves you. He loves you. He'll never stop loving you." Do you know that there's nothing that you can do to make God love you more than He already loves you? Do you know that you can? There's nothing you can do to make God. Love you less than He loves you. His love is eternal. You can't change His love. He loves you when you're good. He loves you when you're bad. He loves you when you're obedient. And He loves you when you're disobedient. He never stops loving you. There's nothing you can do to stop His love. His love is constant. His love is eternal. And... You see, God doesn't love us because we're valuable. We're valuable because God loves us. Can you say amen to that? Now... I don't know if you're used to saying amen or not. One of my trademarks is I'm going to ask you from time to time to say amen. I'll just simply say, can you say amen to that? Now, if you don't, then I will say piano. Will you say amen, you know? Pew, will you say amen? In other words, I'll, I'll roll my own. I'll say amen to myself. <laughs> uh, we, just, we, we, we need to understand that God loves us. And He wants us to follow Him. He wants us to follow Him with all of our heart, with all of uh, uh, with, with, with all of our personality, with everything that we can muster up. Every cell of us, every corpuscle, every nerve, every fiber, uh, every inch of our being, every inch of us and every ounce of us. God wants us to love Him totally. In fact, it is the first commandment. <clears throat> Is thou, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy strength, with all thy might. We're, we're to love God with everything that we've got. And now, whenever we love God that way, we'll love other people the way that He told us to. The second commandment is to love our neighbor as ourselves. We can do that, but we can't do any of that without the power of God, without the the presence of God, without God living in us. And so I want us to realize three things as Jesus talked to Peter, three things that God wants us to know about. First of all, Jesus calls us to follow him regardless of our past. Regardless of our past. Peter was a man with a past. He'd been a hard-working, strong-willed, stubborn, impulsive, and aggressive man before following Jesus. And his behavior and his attitudes and his old heart habits were hard to break. And Peter struggled with his impulsiveness and his aggressiveness all through his life. Peter was the kind of man that every time he opened his mouth, he put his foot into it. And the only time he took it out is, was to change socks and then it would put right back in. Uh, he, he would speak before he would think. You know that's a dangerous thing to do. You want to always think before you speak. It, uh, I heard about a man that, uh, and they, they said that he, he shot himself in the foot with his gun. But they said, that's, that's not too bad a thing. He said, it's a good thing that he didn't have a gun in his, in his mouth when it went off. Well, Peter's the kind of guy that wouldn't, you know, if he had had a gun, he probably would have had it in his mouth and it would have gone off. We don't want to be that way. We want to be thoughtful people. And Peter was a man with a past. And probably each one of us here, if we were to confess openly, we all have a past. You see, Peter made quick assertions about things without realizing what he was saying. And Peter's life is a record of one blunder after another. But even with all of his failures, he experienced Jesus never stopped loving him. And Jesus never gave up on him. Jesus is a tender and a compassionate Savior. It's not his way to give up on people who are slow slow learners and who fail often. You know, I have an idea, if I were to give a piece of paper to each one of you and write down your blunders, your failures, that each one of us would say we have a past, we've made mistakes, some of them terrible, terrible mistakes. We've done terrible things. The Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The Bible says there's none righteous. No, not one. The Bible indicates that all of us yeah, have, have come short. All of us do things and have done things that are not right. Ecclesiastes seven twenty says there's not a righteous man on the earth that doeth good and sinneth not. Isaiah 53, 6 says, All we like sheep have gone astray, we've turned his each to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him Jesus, the iniquity of us all. Romans 3. 3.10 says there's none righteous, not even one. We've all done things wrong. But Jesus calls us to follow him regardless of our past. Amen. Amen. Aren't you glad? I mean, some of us in our past, we may have been alcoholics. We may have been drug addicts. We may have watched pornography. We may have been sex addicts. We may have been murderers. We may have been thieves. We may have been abusers of mankind. All of us have a past. But Jesus says, Come unto me, all. Oh, You, who are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Jesus invites us to come to him for forgiveness, for cleansing, for power, for purity. And how many of us, after we've come, found ourselves failing again? We said, we'll never do that again, and yet we did. And we feel so embarrassed, we don't want to go back and we don't want to tell anybody about it. But it happened. And we said, oh, will he forgive me? Well, he's forgiven you. And then you do it again. It's a terrible thing. It Old habits die hard. But if you'll just remember this. Whenever you got saved, Jesus Christ came into your life. The Holy Spirit came into your life. Your body became His temple and your heart became His throne. The Holy Spirit reigns on the throne of your life. And greater is He that is in you than he that is in the world. Can you say amen to that? I mean, He's going to free you from all of the things that you'll never be free of in and of yourself. But remember this, that... The, the flesh lust against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. When like the old Indian, someone said, well, why is it that we have this fight? And, he, and the Indian said, well, it's like we have a black dog and a white dog inside of us and they're always competing uh, and, and always fighting. And the man said, well, which one wins? And the old Indian looked and smiled and said, the one I say, sick them to. <laughs> Whenever you got saved, you didn't lose that old nature. You got a new nature, but now the new nature and the old nature are in conflict, and you've got to feed the new nature and let the new nature lead. You've got to say yes. You've got to follow Jesus always. Otherwise, you're going to revert back to old habits. Peter finally learned that, and he wrote two books of the New Testament. And finally, the tradition says he was crucified but he couldn't he didn't want to be crucified like Jesus he thought he was not worthy to be crucified that way and so tradition says he was crucified upside down on a cross outside the city of Rome i want you to know that Jesus wants us to follow regardless Of our past, regardless of your past. And then, I want us to know that Jesus calls us to follow Him regardless of the cost. Whatever it costs. You see, the Lord calls us to follow Him. Before He said to Peter to follow Him, He spoke of His approaching death. And uh, this was a prediction of Peter's death by crucifixion. Uh, uh, Peter, Jesus was telling Peter how he was going to die. He was going to die a martyr's death. He was going to be crucified. Uh, dis- despite what the future held, Jesus asked Peter to follow him. And he asked us the same thing. Regardless of what the future holds, no matter what's in store. And he's the one that knows what our future is. He knows what's ahead for us. He knows what we're going to face. You follow me. He says the same to us today. He calls us to count the cost. And then to follow. He says if, if any man... Come after me. Let him deny himself. And take up his cross daily. Luke 9.23 Take up your cross daily. That means take the place of death daily. And come and follow me. One of the best things that we could do as believers is when we wake up of a morning, get it settled right there before we get out of bed. Just say to the Lord, Lord, I choose to make my bed an altar, my body a sacrifice. I choose to take the place of death today in order to magnify you and be obedient to you and follow you today. Can you say amen to that? Amen. Get it settled early. Follow the Lord. Whatever it cost. Now, it cost Peter something to follow the Lord. He was a successful businessman before he followed the Lord. He had a prosperous fishing business. He had a lot of friends. He had to give it all up. He had to leave his business. He had to leave his home. He had to leave his family. Now, he did have a wife. And later on, he started taking his wife with him. And that's a wonderful thing but it cost him to follow Jesus it'll cost you to follow Jesus you know we used to sing a song and we still do in some of our churches it says it pays to serve Jesus it pays every day it pays every step of the way have you ever sung that song it pays to serve Jesus it pays every day it pays every step of the way though the you know I mean, it's a beautiful song but we need to have another song It costs to serve Jesus. It costs every day. It costs every step of the way. You can't serve Jesus. You can't follow Jesus without it costing you something. It's going to cost you time. It's going to cost you treasure. It's going to cost you your testimony. In some cases, it'll cost you friends. It may cost you your job. It may cost you your family. You follow Jesus. Bev and I have a good friend who's now in heaven and he got saved his wife wanted him to get saved and he got saved and he got really committed to the lord and he was going to church on sunday morning and sunday night and wednesday night and he was going out on visitation and he learned how to win souls to jesus and he he was constantly serving the lord and his wife said i didn't want that to happen i just wanted him to stop drinking and go to church on sunday morning and she left him she left him Because he loved Jesus. It cost him to follow Jesus. Now he's in heaven. He paid the price. It cost him a lot. But he stayed faithful to Jesus. And folks, I want you to know it will cost you to serve Jesus. Don't let anybody give you uh, the idea that being a disciple of Jesus is just an easy thing. It's not an easy thing. Every day you're going to be tested. Is it really real? I remember after several years of backsliding in my life. I went back to tell some of my friends that I had recommitted my life to Jesus and was living for Jesus. And they said, oh, Mac, we're so happy for you. Come on, let's go over. I'll buy you a beer. That's what they understood. And then I had some other friends put me to the test and say, well, Mac, you say that you're living for Jesus now. Yeah. You go to church on Sunday. Yeah. You go twice. Yeah. You go during the week. Yeah. Do you read your Bible? Yeah. Then one man said, let me ask you this, do you give a tithe of your income? I had just started the week before, and I smiled and said, sure do. <laughs> that was one time that I was so glad that I could answer honestly, that I was using what God placed in my hand to honor Him and give back to Him His tithe and offering. You see, it's going to cost you to serve Jesus, cost you to follow Jesus. Well, then the last thing I want you to know, not only will it cost you to follow him regardless of your past and regardless of the cost, but Jesus calls us to follow him regardless of what others may do. Regardless of what others may do. Jesus looked at Peter. When Peter, you know, Peter had uh, gotten the thing settled with, with Jesus. Jesus had said, do you love me more than these? And Peter said, yes, Lord, I love you. And by the way, those words, yes, Lord, I think I told you before when I was here. Those are two words that will change your life. Yes, Lord. Whatever whatever you ask, my answer is yes. Wherever you sin, my answer is yes. Whatever you say, whatever your will is for my life, my answer is yes. Listen, God wants only the best for you. Why wouldn't you say yes for what God wants? And so, whatever, no matter what others may do, Jesus asked Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord. He said, feed my sheep. And then he said, Peter, do you love me? He said, yes, Lord. Feed my lambs. Peter, do you love me? You know, yes, Lord. You know all things. You know that I love you. Tend my flock. Pastor my sheep. In other words, I've called you. I've ordained you. I've sent you. Now you do what I told you to do. And then Peter turned around and saw John and said, well, what will this man do? How, how will he die? If he, 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 You see, Peter came to realize he was going to die for his faith. Well, what about John? And Jesus said, What my will for him is is what my will for him is. You don't worry about him. You worry about yourself. Now, folks, let me just be real close to you for a minute. You're going to meet some people in life that claim to be dedicated Christians. And they're going to disappoint you. They're going to leave. Don't think bad about them. They've got to answer to God for whatever they do. You follow Jesus. You be faithful to Jesus. You do what Jesus told you to do. They can answer for themselves. Love them. Don't think bad. Think, oh dear God, I hope that they'll get right with you. I hope that your will will be done in their life. Don't judge them. Just pray for them. And pray for yourself that your attitude will be right. Regardless of what other people do. Regardless how they act. If they won't sing, if they don't pray, if they don't read their Bible, if they're not honest with God about the money they have in their pocket, if they don't give a testimony for Jesus, don't you worry. That's not your business. Your business is to follow Jesus and to be faithful. Can you say amen to that? Now, if you don't get that settled, you're going to have problems in your life. Don't worry about what other churches are doing. You know, there are a lot of fans in other churches. But that's not that's not our that's not our problem. <clears throat> I heard Dr. Tony Evans several weeks ago preaching a message and he was talking about he, he gave an illustration. He said, You know, he said, I've got a nice house, but I noticed in the walls in one of my rooms it had some cracks in it. And I called a man in and I said, Can you fix the cracks? And he said, Yeah, I can fix the cracks. And Tony said, Well, he said, money's no problem. I need to have it fixed. And he said, Will you do it? And the man said, Yes, but he said, That's not your problem. And Tony said, What are you talking about? It's not my problem. He said, The cracks are there. They need to be fixed. Can you fix them? He said, Yes. Well, I want them fixed. And he said, Okay, I'll fix them, but that's not your problem. Well, he said, if that's not my problem, what is my problem? He said, your problem is you've got a shifting foundation. And you've got to stabilize the foundation, secure the foundation. If you don't, you're going to be patching cracks the rest of your life. And folks, if we don't fix the foundation of our life... The psalmist said in the 11th psalm, if the foundation be destroyed, what shall the righteous do? The Bible says in the New Testament that Jesus Christ is the foundation. Other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. If you don't get the foundation on solid, solid ground, build your house on the rock, on solid rock, you're going to be patching cracks the rest of your life. You understand the the illustration? A lot of people are always patching cracks. But they haven't taken care of the foundation. And I'm asking you today to follow Jesus. He's the foundation. He's the one that will straighten out your life. Follow Jesus regardless of your past. Follow Jesus regardless of the cost. Follow Jesus regardless of what others may do. I'm going to ask you to do something strange this morning. I'm going to ask you to judge yourself. Self, am I following Jesus? Wherever He leads, I'll go. Whatever He requires, I'll give. Wherever He sends, I'll go. Whatever He wants, I'll do. Lord, my answer today is... I'll follow you. Will you follow Him in salvation? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Will you follow Him in dedication and sanctification? Let the Lord have His way. Cleanse your life. Be filled with the Spirit. Will you follow Him in service? Lord, I'll take the talents that you've given me and I'll use the gifts that you've given me in order to magnify you, to build the fellowship of the church. Lord, I'll stay true to you. No matter what others may do, I'll follow you. That's that's the question this morning. Would you bow your heads please? Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. God has spoken to our hearts today. There's so much more that we could say. But Jesus calls us to follow. It's a summons. Follow me. The commitment is yes or no. Yes or no. Regardless what others will do, I will follow you. We're going to sing a hymn of invitation. And as we sing, I'll be here at the front to receive you. Roger will be here with me. If you need to make a commitment today, you know there's something about coming forward that seals it and settles it and says, I'm taking a public stand. I'm declaring myself. I will follow Jesus. If you've never received Jesus, this is an opportunity for you to come to say, I I, I want to trust the Lord and be saved today. If you need to recommit your life, you say, today I'm coming to rededicate my life to Jesus. If there's something else that God has called you to do and you've been holding back on it, today, make that decision for Him. Lord, today, I'll follow You. Heavenly Father, as we sing the hymn of invitation, I pray that You'll touch every heart. Help us to make the decision that would be pleasing to You to do it in faith, to do it right now. As You call us, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand with me, please? We're going to...